Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Today we're talking about growing in worship. And when we started the church a little over now, a little over 27 years ago, isn't that amazing? 27 years ago, praise the Lord, I had a good friend, he still pastors Sojourn Church in Dallas, Terry Moore. He said, Jamie, you got, as you guys are getting started, just remember, you're going to be learning how to worship together. And it was just a great word for us. And then as we plant church, planted churches, you know, we've done 14 or so out of this church down through the years. But in those early years, we were sending out big blocks of people. And so when, when, when somebody would go plant a church, different parts of the Metroplex or whatever, it would. It was all the. It was all the uh, the veins at the prayer meeting. People, oh Lord, you know, they all left to go plant churches, and so and they were sitting up front, and we would have to go. Hey, okay, we're gonna we're learning how to worship. Y'all move forward, and just the whoever was left, you know, and we're learning how to worship. It was just a great word, and guess what? I think down through the years we've just kind of held on to that. Just we're learners. We have not arrived. We're we're growing. We're learning how to worship. And we learn how to do that together. It's a corporate thing. It's not just me by myself. It's a corporate deal that's happening. And on any given Sunday, any of us can be struggling with all different kinds of stuff. Maybe we don't really, maybe we're not really walking with Jesus. Maybe we haven't said, Jesus, you're the treasure in my life yet above anything and everything. Or maybe we're struggling with a sin deal that's happening or some kind of addiction. And we're just, we're just not, we're just, and, and sometimes we need to, be carried by other people in the church. Anybody ever feel that way? You know, sometimes I come in, I'm leading out. And some days, I'm carried by you guys. Like, you know, into the presence of God. And then, I just it's better. It's always better on the other side. Worshiping with the Lord. Worshiping with you guys. And when we meet the Lord Jesus Christ, we experience forgiveness and new life. There's nothing like it. I mean, it's just incredible. But somewhere on that journey, we become aware of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit and His power in our lives. And that's a game changer, everybody. It's a game changer to know the Holy Spirit. Because it's like, it's like, uh, it's like in the Old Testament, you could be forgiven. You know, they got the sacrifices going. You could be forgiven of sins. But in the New Testament, Jesus pours out His Spirit and it's like everybody gets in on the life of God. Not just the forgiveness of God, but the life of God. And it just, man, it's a game changer. It's so awesome. Empowering us to see and to treasure Jesus Christ, to worship the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about worship. But that also means talking about the Holy Spirit just each one of these weeks. And it means talking about community. Because the Holy Spirit's the power of God in us. But community is, it's like the people of God experiencing unity and all of our diversity and distinction. We are not the same. Praise the Lord. But He's made us to be one. Praise the Lord. And so it's just a beautiful thing that we do this together. And we can all worship by ourselves, certainly, right? But it goes to a whole different place when we worship together. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. You know, so here's my question this morning. When did you come alive to the importance of worship? You know, what's your story? Everybody needs to, you, you need to know your story. 
How did, how did, what's your journey of worship been like? What's it look like? Because my goal in preaching this is just, just that we got new folks, always have new folks around. And when just in, this is who we are. We're worshipers. God's made us, this church, to be worshipers. We were like pilgrims crossing the ocean, you know, wanting to be able to worship in freedom. Literally. So I, I want to tell a little bit of my, my own story. It's been such a, such a, a journey for me personally. And, uh, you know, I'm coming out of the, I was a preacher in a church of Christ up in South Lake. Acapella. No, no, you know, here I am, a guitarist who had played clubs and all that kind of stuff, but it never occurred to me to use this gift to play for God. It just wasn't in my, it just, this was my box and that was over here somewhere. And so, uh, just when we started, we started praying. I'll share some more about our prayer journey next week, growing in prayer. But we, what would happen was we had a bunch of people and we'd start praying every Friday night for three or four hours. And God started meeting us. We started experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we started wanting to worship all the time. Like literally getting in contact with the Holy Spirit made us want to worship God all the time. We wanted to be with people that wanted to worship. And we'd just do worship fests and all, all that kind of stuff. Stuff, just lots of worship, loved that. And about that time, I got a mentor too up in Nashville. His name's Don Fento. Don's about to be 90 years old. I'm going to go up and celebrate his 90th birthday in Allen Arena at Lipscomb University with about 5,000 other people. Um, but going up there, and Don, he just, he looks more like Jesus than anybody I've ever met. Looks like he's been glamour shotted. He's got the glow kind of around him, presence of God. Just, just, and I don't do it, but he, he would worship and go up the aisle and smile and look people in the eyes, you know, and, but I, I'm going to, by God's grace, I'm going to get that kind of courage to eventually be, be awkward with you guys. <laughs> Second service calling me out. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll at least do a few rows. But, but Don, we would drive around in Nashville and uh, Ron Cannoli had just been to the church there and given him this CD that was about to come out and uh, had this song on it called Righteousness, Peace, and Joy. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And so we, we're listening to Ron Cannoli sing this song. And uh, don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? It's got kind of an island vibe. And uh, <laughs> do you want to be a part of the kingdom? And he'd like... Jamie, come on, sing with me. Awkward. I, just driving around Nashville, we're both singing at the top of our lungs. Righteousness, peace. And then we have to, and he makes you smile back at him, you know, so you have to smile too, you know. But that's, that's my model in worship. He's taught me, we, we all have models and mentors. We learn from each other. And, uh, you know, getting the church started and, and uh, the, we wanted to see worship like we saw in the Bible. Some of that had to do with instruments. Obviously, that was a big deal. But it was all the other stuff too. The standing, kneeling, falling, dancing, clapping, shouting. And we'll say some more about that in just a minute. But it's, it's all of that. And all of that led to a deepening love of God, which leads to more worship. It just kind of feeds on each other. And when you think about God deeply, and you experience the love of God deeply, you can't be unaffected by that. It doesn't just stay in your head as a cold, dry fact. To experience love, it is to give that love back. It's to be affected. We're not dispassionately unaffected by the love of God. 
we're, we're affected. And so uh, we strengthen, I just want to get this sentence right here, we strengthen the core by growing in worship and cultivating a worshiping culture that treasures and enjoys Jesus and the God that He reveals in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want to do. So here's the main thing this morning. God is calling us to position ourselves as learners. Can we just read that line together? God is calling us to position ourselves as learners. We haven't arrived. Who develop a lifestyle of spirit and truth worship together and into all of life. So we just, we're always practicing. Sunday mornings, life groups, prayer meetings, all the different contexts where we worship, we're practicing. And then we want that to spill out into all of life. John 4, verses 19 to 26, it's the story of Jesus meeting with the Samaritan woman and asked her for a drink. I can give you living water. What about go call your husband? I don't have a husband. I'm just giving you the context of the conversation. You're right when you you say you don't. You've you've had five and the one you're with now is not yours. And so she kind of changes the subject, but we get a, a massive deep truth here about worship and what God's looking for. Verse 19, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am He. Okay, so just... He's squeezing a massive amount of tabernacle and temple theology right there. Just like, whoa, all of that presence of God stuff, heaven touching earth, the tabernacle, the temple all squeezed down. You're not going to worship here and it's not Jerusalem because we're all going to be worshiping in spirit and in truth. The spirit is going to come and live in us so that we become little temples of God and that we are together the temple of God. We're the presence of God. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth and destroy this temple. I'll rebuild it in three days. And that's exactly what he did. And He brings that life and fills us with that life, His presence, His power, His Spirit. And worship then in spirit and in truth is us connecting with God from the innermost part of our being to the reality of who we are in life. Because what Jesus has done is a it's a blow away. Trinity, humanity, and all of creation together in Him. It's powerful. There is one mediator, the man who is also God. Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? So it's, it's this, it's heaven touching earth is our worship and it's from the spirit, but it gets to our thinking. It gets to our hands and our feet and our hearts and our emotions and our lives. It touches all of us from Sunday here to all of life. We grow in spirit and truth worship as we, I've got three things. Number one, focus on Jesus. As we focus on Jesus Christ, 
who reveals God. Um, so if you saw any of the, the world mandate stuff from last week, this is not a new message for us. We focus on Jesus because He's the self-revelation of God. He reveals the Father. He reveals the Father exactly. So we look to Jesus, but He's revealing the Father and their shared love and communion in the Holy Spirit together. And that's what we're invited into. That's how He reveals Himself. And so in the sending of the Son and the sending of the Spirit, I mean, again, remember the scene in heaven, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, you are worthy, Lamb of God, you're worthy to open the scrolls and to receive honor and glory and power and praise for you. You forgave us and you made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God on the earth. And, and everybody's just, and then they fall down again. And they fall down again and it's loud. I know it was loud this morning. I'm sorry. If that, but it's loud in heaven. That's, that's, a, that's a cue. I don't know how many choruses we sang over, but I mean that holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty day and night. They never stop saying that. So there's a place for loud and repetitive choruses. Just thought I'd throw that in. When, wasn't in the notes. So John 6, uh, 14, verses 6 and 7, Jesus is the way. He tells Thomas, who's asking, well, we don't know the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. If you really knew, knew Me, you would also know My Father as well. From now on, you do know Him. And you have seen Him. To see Me, He goes on and tells Philip, to see Me is to see the Father. So we focus on Jesus. I know that sounds like the Father looks exactly like Jesus. Exactly. Like there's no unchrist likeness in God. So, so he looks exactly, we focus on Jesus because God said, this is what I'm like. This is the way I am. It's God's self-revelation to us, which leads to a deeper revelation of the Father's love, which we all need. And again, like I said earlier, it, you can't be unaffected by that. Imagine I said, I love you. She says, I love you. And, but, but it was really more like, I love you. I love you. And we weren't affected. Like we didn't want to hug or hold hands or, or, or kiss each other. You know, it's, it's an effective thing when we experience the love of God and return that love to Him. It's going to keep, we had a worship leader for years that would say, you can't stay unaffected by the love of God. Don't act like you can. Come on, let's go. Let's respond to God. He's given us everything. His love looks like the sun dying for us. Peter talks about this kind of love in his first letter. I'll just mention a few verses from, from, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Praise God, He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Down at the end of that paragraph there in verse 8, Though you've not seen Him, Jesus Christ, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Now, worship's not always inexpressible and glorious joy. There's other ways of worshiping. But... If we never get to inexpressible and glorious joy, we're missing something. That's good. Okay, so like joy should get in His presence is the fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11. So let's go on. Turn the page. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. I, I first saw this, I don't know, 20-something years ago. I was reading a sermon by Charles Spurgeon. And it was about this verse. Now to, us who, now to you who believe, this stone is precious. And I just want to say, 
when Jesus becomes more precious to you than anything, when he becomes your treasure, then you want to worship. And, and it's really a salvation. Do you know the Lord? Is he precious to you? More precious than anything else. That's, that's the good news. He died for you and all of that, but he's the Lord. He's the king. And he's the most precious one. He's the chief cornerstone. And look at what it goes on and says there in just a few verses later. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Amen. So that's us. We're this people. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God, Jew and Gentile together in Christ. Once you'd not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. So live in it and declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into light. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give you praise with all of our hearts this morning. We align ourselves to you. That leads into the second piece here. Spirit and truth worship is focused on Jesus, but it's also offering ourselves. We offer ourselves in devotion to the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Good offering given to God. Consecration verse, right? Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of this mercy, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So we offer ourselves, our bodies, who I am, what I'm thinking, my lifestyle. And, and here's a key. You know, what we do, the way we do this personally and individually is going to affect the way we do it together corporately. So the way I worship personally is going to affect my worship publicly. And the, 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 we are dependent, in a way, on each other. Now, we can carry each other in sometimes, but if nobody worshiped privately, it would be weird for us worshiping publicly. It, it just and there's, there's a lift here because there's worship going on in lots of other contexts besides this one. And we're ready and we don't have to wait till the fourth song to just give our hearts to God or dance or praise Him or shout or whatever. Um, the way we train will affect our public uh, worship. My daughter... Uh, was a, a really good basketball player, and um, and but she got into like her sophomore year, and and uh, I had another dad from another team who his daughter went on played four years at Oklahoma, and uh, he said she's going to be a great player, but she needs some work, even more than what the coaches are giving her in practices, and and so we found this skills guy he'd recommended, and it allowed her to work on moves driving with her left hand, you know, just different stuff that gave her confidence for when she was in a, in a game. And that guy's point, I you know, take, take this, like guys will mess up publicly, they don't care. Just, I lost the ball, you know, I missed the dunk or whatever. But he said, girls, they want to figure that stuff out so they don't get embarrassed publicly. And so sure enough, we did that. And she, you know, she went on and and there was a lot of practice happening. Ended up, you know, uh, going to college and playing basketball and all that. That's how she got through school. But the point was practice. Practice offline that allowed to, to her to execute when it was game time. So another thing about offering ourselves, and Aaron and I were talking about this, is that uh, when we offer ourselves, it's, there's, sometimes there's a hindrance in worship because the closer we get to God, 
the closer we get to His presence, we realize there are things in our lives that must change. You know, just I've got to I've I got to realign that, or I've got to that habit's got to go, that way of thinking's got to go, that whatever that 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 practice that those things have to change, and so that's what happens. But it's His kindness, it's His kindness to bring those things up, it's changes that need to happen, whatever those things are. It's His kindness. He He wants us to be image bearers that mirror Him well, that shine for Him well. Another temptation or hindrance, then two is uh, the temptation to judge other people's worship. Can I get a witness? So, you know, it's like you're just follow the Lord, everybody be free, follow the Lord. And and when that temptation comes, like somebody's too loud or somebody's dancing too much or just say, God, help me. You know, I'm thinking of David. He's coming back into the Jerusalem with the ark. And he's dancing before the Lord with all his might. Have you anybody ever done that, by the way? I remember where I was exactly the first time I was spent, I was sweaty, and I was like, I did it tonight. I danced before the Lord with all my might. It was at a vineyard deal back in the mid-90s, and they had us move all the chairs out of the way. And they, he would tell us certain things to do, and we would do those things. It was fun. And, he, and then he'd go, all right, now, freestyle! <laughs> we just... And I mean, it's like awesome. That was the first night I ever danced before. Some of you guys are going, wow, this is. But I mean, dancing before the Lord, that's a. And that's what Michael, his wife, judged him. And he said, I'm going to, you think I'm undignified. I'm going to be even more undignified than this. And then at the last verse of that chapter ends with, and Michael bore no children for the rest of her life. He's connecting fruitfulness with judgment of others in worship. So let's just, Lord, just give us grace to give grace to each other as we're on this journey. And, you know, it's this last piece then leads into this last piece. Spirit and truth worship is from the inside out. From the inside out. And again, back to our story. So spirit is the innermost part of us. And that worship getting out into reality, to truth. So truth in Greek is a word aletheia, means not covered. A, not, letheia, not covered. And so Jesus is God uncovered. That makes sense? So spirit and truth worship is what's on the inside getting out into reality. We want to be reality worshipers. That, not worshiping reality. That makes sense what I'm saying? So it gets in our, our faces. It affects our faces affects our bodies and our hands. We can't remain unaffected. I mean, you can, you can sit down and just be worshiping passionately. You know, engaged. Tears running down your face or joy or what, whatever the thing is. Or you can be stand up and be passive and disengaged. You know, just, just a big, you know, uh, bump on a log, you know. And um, so... Lord, help us on this. Uh, back to our own story as a church, we were discovering the Holy Spirit and then we started to want to worship all the, all the time. And, and I, wanted, I wanted to have the freedom to worship like we saw worship in the Bible. And one of the things that I do, I, don't, just, I want to encourage you guys in this, sometimes we're, we're here and we're singing a song and we're looking at the lyrics and it'll say, 
you know, every every knee will bow, every tongue confess, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. And so sometimes I'll just do what the song is singing. You know, or we lift our hands, you know, that's a great time to do that. And and we all, you know, one is that's a, and here's my point. Follow God and how he leads you to worship. Worship in spirit by following him and, and by engaging your heart of faith in that time. One of the ones I don't, I'll probably get it maybe next service since I'm about to say it, but one of the ones I don't like doing is, is laying prostrate before the Lord. It just, it's, it's really a big act of surrender, right? But it's a very biblical thing to do. They saw him and they fell down. The elders and the, and the living creatures, they fall down before the lamb. So, so face down. So let me just go through a few of these uh, forms and I've got the, we'll post this online as well. Uh, it's on that other document. Did you get that that in there? That's all we got. It's on the notes. Here we go. Yeah. So lifted hands. Just uh, uh, Psalm sixty three. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. And there's lots of verses there. I encourage you guys study those things so that you have a biblical foundation for why you wanna why do you wanna lift your hands? Why do you wanna offer yourselves or Praise the Lord like that. I always think about that. Lord, I'm offering myself to You. Lord, now I'm praising You. I give You praise and honor and glory. Hit the next one. Dancing. Uh, there's David, that one. David dancing for his, with all his might. You turn my wailing into dancing. Uh, Psalm 30, verse 11. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. And I don't, I don't know the moves and it doesn't matter. You can hop or you can... I do this one sometimes. I lean forward, you know, and and, and it's it's okay. Just follow the Lord on that, you know. We had uh, somebody. Uh, it was uh, Corey's uh, fiance, uh, Sarah Ann, was up here dancing, you know, just and just beautifully dancing before the Lord, and you could tell she that wasn't the first time she did that, right? Uh, so just pretty awesome. Next. Uh, clapping, clapping, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. There's a shouting one too. falling. First uh, Corinthians 14. Uh, he comes in, he sees you worshiping God and it, it, here's the prophetic word and he says, God's really among you. He's going to fall down and say, God's among you. Go ahead, hit it again. Uh, another falling one, the 24 elders, Re Revelation 4:19, Revelation 5, 7 and 8. Four living creatures, 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, kneeling. Here's a great one. Just uh, go ahead and hit the next slide, too. You know, just kneeling before the Lord. When just uh, Psalm 95, come, let us kneel, let us bow down in worship, bowing. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. You know, all those are just great things to do. And I, I just encourage you guys, if, just as you're walking we're on this journey to get you don't have to do all of those things on any given sunday but you're free to do that follow the lord you know just just that's my one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord every knee will bow in heaven on earth and under the earth everybody's going to confess jesus you are the lord and so we want to be not doing that for the first time right Okay, hit the next one. I think, what, oh, face down is another one. That's a face down thing. That's a great biblical expression of worship. Is there any others? One more. Shout for joy. 
you know, sometimes it can be like, whoa, they're really excited. But we, here's the thing. We don't know what everybody's going through. We don't know what, what this past week's been like, what sin has done in somebody's life, what, what a redemption or what kind of a forgiveness or what kind of a healing story's happening in somebody's life. And just, just there's grace. You know, and if, if there's things we have to pastor, we do from time to time. We've had some worship injuries that we had to... You know, people getting hit with flags back in the flag days. I, don't, I mostly don't miss that one. Like you could hear them coming. Just being real. Hit it again. There's another shout. Clap your hands. Yeah, shout to God. Shout to joy. Shout. I mean, command. Shout with joy to God all the earth. You know, so those are just, thank you, Lord. Jesus, you're the Lord. You're the King. So let me wrap this up. You know, when we, when we started the church, uh, when we started the church, being seeker sensitive was this big thing. And, uh, and so churches would augment their worship in order to just really try to help people that were seeking God find their way in. And we said, you know, we're not going to do that, but we're really going to go for God. And we believe that even seeking people will be drawn to the presence of God when it's real. When, when we're really just, it's authentic and real presence of God. And what we are doing is that we're like the little Baskin Robbins spoons, you know, the little pink ones. And we give people a taste of the glory of God. That's, that's, that's what we do. We're that we're, little taste test. Ooh, I like that. I like, I, I want to, I want to worship. And I mean, if you've ever seen somebody, I mean, uh, t Todd Warren, we had this worship leader, uh, and he's the happiest worship leader still to this day that I've ever known. Just, <laughs> Jesus, I love you. You know, and you go, I want to do that. That's, he's a great worship leader. Yeah. And so uh, Irenaeus, second century theologian, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. That's what God's made us to do, to know him, to reflect him to be fully alive. And, and I owe a debt of gratitude to so many models and mentors. So, so many people that have helped me. You know, we're going up in a couple months for Don's 90th uh, birthday. And uh, Michael W. Smith, another, another one of his sons, will be leading worship that night. You know, and Don Fento, this Church of Christ pastor that was pastoring all these young guys that started the Christian contemporary music scene in Nashville, isn't there some irony on that? Just kind of wild that all those guys had the background they had. It's just amazing to me. And I want to be a wholehearted worshiper. A learner. I want to be a learner. I just I love that that idea that I'm just learning. You know, and I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Some days I'm leading out, and some days you guys are carrying me. And some days you're leading out, and some days you have to be carried. And that's all right. We're, we're learning. We're learning together. And I love that you love to worship God. I, I love that. And I just want to applaud. I want to be a balcony person saying, come on, go for it. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep growing. You can do it. You can do it. That's who we are. We're going to step more into that, that kind of a, a life-giving, worshiping culture Right here, may it be more and more, more and more as learners, more and more culture, more and more a lifestyle, people that joyfully mirror the image of God. 
that worship that grounds us and strengthens the core of who we actually are. And it flows out of a strong place of worship. Because a strong place of worship is also going to realign us in the ways that we need to be aligned in so many parts of our lives. And it propels us, it protects us, but it also propels us from here to our city and to the nations. Let's press in. Let's be growers in worship, right? Y'all stand up. And let's just respond to the Lord here. we got a few minutes in um, first service. A little tighter. Um, But I just want to say just a couple things about worship. And we're just going to pray for each other. And, and this is one of those messages where just pretty much everybody could get prayer on this. But I mean, if you're saying, I want to treasure Jesus like this, and that's, that's a new thought for you, or you're saying, I want to follow Him as my treasure and, and see Him as precious, then come and get prayer. This is, that's how you start the journey. It's just saying, Jesus, You're the Lord. I treasure You. And, but I also want to just say for all of us, on this learner journey like just saying i want to be a learner i want to grow in worship i and get just get prayer in that and we got people that can that are on that journey they love worshiping and they, they want to pray for you and i did have a sense too this morning that worship is where so much i believe healing happens in worship i know jonathan has just been so faithful over the years to give us a healing moment in the midst of worship and i specifically this morning i was praying and just felt like the Lord highlighted depression and just, hey, there's anybody that's just struggling with depression or needing your emotional tanks filled, come and get prayer in the context of worship and any other kind of need at all. Just let's, let's press into God. Lord, meet us here today. Shape us, make us, give us people that strengthen the core and grow in worship and spirit and truth worship from the inside out. Cultivate this culture in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, healing, any other needs that I might not have mentioned, just be free, you guys. Go for it. Commit your heart in worship here as well. I want to be a worshiper, Lord. Thank you for grace. Thank you for healing. Thank you for forgiveness.